Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth at the Catholic Cafe. And Abemus Popham, Tom. I hear you. All right, so we have, we a, have pope. a pope. That's exactly right. So Pope Francis. I mean, that's, that's, that's exciting. Cool. And it's a, an exciting time in the church. And so we thought, well, if we're going to keep things exciting, we should make this Catholic Cafe program. Get a special guest. A special guest. Someone yes. who is, uh, by definition, Exciting. Mr. Excitement. <laughs> right. Sam Mock, are you here? Do, uh, Sam Mock, please come to the microphone. <laughs> Hello, I'm Mr. Excitement. <laughs> yeah, very good. Perfect. Tom, good. this was a mistake. We should have never done this. <laughs> this place Exit. is so luxurious. Are you, do, you feel, do you feel luxurious? I do. Awesome. That's great. Because this is all about you, Sam, at this point. <laughs> is this real cold or is this leaf? And I don't know. <laughs> so nice. But it is nice coffee, though. You have to admit, this is the best coffee we Delicious. have. Delicious. Yes, it's wonderful. Well, we'll it really we'll, is. All free refills while you're on the air, just so Excellent. you know. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. <laughs> but once you get off the air, I'm sorry, sir, but the, uh, the charges will start to come. <laughs> So, Sam, we brought you here because of this. I think this is a, it's an important time for the church, obviously. We've elected a new pope. Mm-mm. But we brought you because you, you're you kind of focused, what you do in, in your work with the church, you're focused on young people. I mean. Right. I work with college students and, and young adults. So, basically, um, when after they leave home, they leave the house. They go to Sam. They turn them over <laughs> to me, which I think is an excellent idea. Yeah, exactly right. So if you have a wayward child, you're having a problem with a college student, send them to Sam Mock. And we'll Email Deacon his- Jeff <laughs> at the Catholic Cafe. As a person that works with young folks, and now we have this new pope, and we're all excited in the church, a young adult, a person who's mm-hmm. in college right now, probably watching the pope being elected and they see this he comes out and he's wearing this pallium and he's kind of raising his hands up and he's blessing folks and everyone's going viva papa and abemus papa and they're all excited about pope francis so what are our young folks thinking are, are they thinking this isn't relevant to me i mean because i know there's a problem with sometimes with disconnect right no oh, yeah I, I think i think sometimes there is i think um this is a this is a major cultural and historical event and i think young people are very much in tune to those things i think i think they've been watching the conclave i found out about the the conclave app and the pope app from a 20 something um who is is really wants to be connected with this event and so i was uh, i i think once it starts to settle in just how historic this moment is i mean we have a, a south american pope a jesuit pope first time in history that that's right. happened I, th- I think that's i think that's really going to um i think it's really going to excite a lot of young people so we see I, I think that a lot of young people can see the potential for something relevant happening to them because a lot of people will think that maybe that the church is old and the church is 2000 years old right yeah it's kind of i mean my kids think i'm 2000 years old sometimes (laughs) but the reality is i think that some of our young people who are sort of searching for an eternal truth they're searching they want black and white they want to know what the truth is Mm -hmm. and they're maybe tired of being fed from so many different places and culture that might tell them all these different things and that you know this is okay as long as you do this and this is okay and this is okay and your truth and my truth and we all have these different truths and i think some people want to see through all that fog and maybe see some beacon of light, some beacon of hope and truth. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping they can see in this moment in the church that this is an opportunity for them. Yeah. One of the things that I was re- re- reflecting on, on on my way over here is um, this is a this is a pope that um, truly 
uh, has been humble. I mean, one of the few things that I know about him is that uh, in Argentina, he would ride public transit to work every day. Um, this is a guy who embraces poverty as in oh, the but that's stopping that. now. Yeah, right. right. I doubt right. that the, all the, <laughs> the keepers of the papal household are going to say, Holy Father, your bus is here. You know, I, I doubt that's going to be. Because even, even then, I, I'd, I've heard that he... That when he would do that, he'd be mobbed because he was so popular. Yeah. But he was out amongst the people. And I also heard he did some beautiful things like he's very, very strong on the moral teachings of the church. Right. So he's keeping a very conservative perspective on the moral teachings of the church. And yet this is a man who humbled himself and and would go to an AIDS clinic and wash the feet of those uh, who Mm -hmm. were afflicted with this terrible disease Mm. to show his connection not only with the poorest of the poor, but the sickest of the sick, and those who who need the the help of the church right. more than anyone. So I think that yeah. that was a beautiful thing. He's authentic. It's, it seems to me as though he's not just saying you need to be humble, uh, you need to show love to all, but you don't see that in his actions. Yeah, he's leading by example. Exactly. Yep. Um, young people don't listen to phonies and fakes. Right. And if they believe that some type of teaching is coming from a place that is not in truth in, in your own life, they're not going to be. They're not going to respond to it like yeah. they like like they should. Sometimes we discount our young people, and we don't really aren't as concerned about what they think about, right? And maybe maybe sort of dismiss what they think as as either being immature or not relevant to us. And I say us because I am not a young person anymore. I'm 51 years old, although I'm young to a hundred year old, you know, right. which is yeah. nice. So I'm kind of hold- young. That's exactly, I'm, I'm holding on to that with desperation, but. With this this event of having this new pope, what makes the church relevant to to a young person when so easily you mentioned that they that they're they're googling and they're tweeting and they're right and they're mm. using this new technology as you did with watching on the Pope app mm-hmm. and, and I, I thought that was fascinating to, to pull up my iPhone and sit there and watch live. Right, that was you, just you amazing. A, when Tom and I were talking about, you get a plenary indulgence for watching that. Yeah, that's neat. That's yeah. right. So on, you, from from watching your iPhone, I think Apple's going to put that on their website now, and they're going to start selling <laughs> iPlenary indulgences, which was going to get us into. App. That's right. It's going to get in trouble. So we got to stop that right there. We're going to we're going to quash that because uh, that you know as only like what five hundred years ago we had some problems with this, right. so we don't want that to happen again. <laughs> right. So you cannot buy indulgences. Let's just make that clear. Very clear. But I think it's beautiful. Right, that we can see that connection between technology, which is where our youth are, mm-hmm. right, well versed in technology, and but still see that ancient tradition, the ancient teaching of the church, which has not changed. And we're talking about plenary indulgences, but also in all of the teachings of the church that are essentially two thousand years old that were that were started. These teachings came from Jesus, mm-hmm. and to yeah. see that connection between new technology, aka youth, yeah, and tradition or. Two thousand years old. I think that's a beautiful thing. It's one of the buzz. One of the buzz terms with the new evangelization is you know using social media. Um, I mean, even even the fact that before his before his blessing, he said all those um, listening on other types of media, right? Or those who are watching this on other types of because he said radio and TV and other types and other of types media. of media, right? Yeah. Right. Which is I, I I think that's that's. The um, the commentators were also talking about how this is the first social media um, conclave um, that, and they were ta- they were they were on the air at Vatican Radio talking about all of the hashtags and that kind of thing. I mean, they weren't talking about that eight years ago, right? You know, N- nor were they talking about eight hundred years ago or a thousand years ago, right? <laughs> right. But what they were right. talking about back then, thousand mm-hmm. years ago, and even two thousand years ago, was 
basically the, the teachings of the gospel, what Jesus wants us to know, that relevant message that never changes. Yes. Right? That message of hope, that message of how do we live our lives. And so that's what's so cool about all this is we see this technology. We see this modern presentation of the gospel, this new evangelization. Well, this is the same stuff we get it today. Yeah, but we're seeing this sort of in a new way. Uh, and I, that, that part's exciting. And I, I will say that uh, uh, I'm not really good with the hashtags and the <laughs> What not? You're not a tweeter. You don't. Yeah. You don't tweet <laughs> yeah, on the I, Twitter. My kids call me a twit, but I don't know if that's the same thing. I don't know if that has to do with with Twitter. But, oh, uh, totally. <laughs> just, yeah. No, just I don't th- say thank you when they say that. I, I love I, you for it. I'm more in touch with technology than that, but I do recognize that there's a that there is this sort of seemingly um, uh, unbreachable chasm <laughs> that's right. be- between a certain age person and and technology. And sometimes I think the youth feel like. They're over there. But again, I just I want to bring back that concept that no matter how we we approach, how we visualize this truth, mm-hmm. this two thousand year old truth, that's what's relevant is the content of the truth, not right. the not the, the, the media that we're using to, uh, to to convey this truth. Yeah, I, there's a, I think there's a cultural shift, especially with young people, um, probably college age and just out of college of um, for so long there has there's been the 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 pluralistic society and what I think is what I think. And and you don't have any right to judge what my thinking. Um, I think, I think that's moral relativism is a result of that kind of thinking. And when they're looking to practically make decisions about, is this what God wants me to do or not? They're finding that among their friends and even among the generation before them, there's a lot of confusion as to what that is because no one really has an understanding outside of the church of what truth is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and that, that word gets bandied about, truth. And yeah. we, so we, we have no concept. I will say that's a profound and, and deep theological thought, Sam. And i got to tell you. From me? We, we, we didn't tell you this beforehand, but all the profound, deep theological thoughts have to come from me. Oh. That's in my contract. <laughs> and so <laughs> we're going to probably. Do yeah, the, the, so the radio listeners probably all they heard that whole time was beep. <laughs> There's like the, the sensor button the whole time we were talking. <laughs> no, I'm actually jesting, but I do want to take this second. We're gonna we're gonna take a break here. Uh, when we come back, we'll, we'll talk more about how relevant the young people are uh, to the church. But also, I, there's one of the conclaves that I actually got to. I didn't obviously be part of it because as you see i'm not dressed in red i don't have the cardinal's outfit on but i was there when pope benedict was elected and so as part of that whole uh experience and and that was kind of cool and so i thought maybe we would do a great moment in church history my wife Beth is going to tell us about what that conclave was right because like was because there's there's several similarities to that conclave and this one right and again we see tradition we see history uh, played out before us, but we see, experience it in a new way with all this new media. So we'll we'll talk more about youth and the church right after this. Talk about the conclave. I'm Bess Drzemski, and this is another great moment in church history. When John Paul II died in April of 2005, the long-standing and traditional practice of filling the vacant chair of St. Peter was begun. After the Holy Father was confirmed to be deceased by the Cardinal Camerlengo, itself a traditional practice of calling the pontiff's name three times without a response, a death certificate was authorized and the papal apartments were sealed. Finally, 
the ring of the fisherman, the Pope's official ring, and his papal seal were broken. Then the Novem Dieles began. These nine days of mourning consisted of nine beautiful masses for John Paul II, one each day. The funeral was said to be attended by more than three million people of all different faiths from all over the world. After a few days, the super-secret conclave began with 115 voting members of the College of Cardinals in attendance. Each cardinal took a solemn oath before entering that he would not only follow the rules of the conclave, but that he would maintain absolute secrecy regarding all discussions and voting that occurred during and after the process. The penalty for violation of this trust of secrecy is automatic excommunication. The conclave opened with the invocation of the Holy Spirit upon the entire process. While in the conclave, tradition does not allow the cardinals any contact with the outside world. Not only are cell phones, newspapers, radio, and TV forbidden, but notes, letters, and even hand signals to passers-by. The cardinals were cut off from anything that might influence their vote. Anything, that is, except the Holy Spirit. The cardinals voted once on the afternoon of the first day, then twice in the morning of the second day, each time after discussion and prayerful reflection. The ballots for the failed election attempts were burned, and the black smoke that rose from the chimney over the Sistine Chapel indicated to a waiting world that a pope had not yet been selected. Finally, on April 19th, at around 6 o'clock in the evening, after a total of only four ballots, a new pope was selected. The cardinals had selected Joseph Cardinal Ratzinger. A chemical was added to the burning ballots to create white smoke, and the bells of St. Peter's Basilica rang to welcome the new pope. Upon Cardinal Ratzinger's election, the dean of the College of Cardinals asked him if he accepted the position and what name he would be called. Cardinal Ratzinger chose to serve as Benedict XVI, the 265th Catholic Pope. Finally, the proto-deacon of the college stepped out on the balcony of St. Peter's Basilica and announced to the world, Abemus Papa, we have a Pope. I'm Bester Zimski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff. I'm sitting here with Tom Dorian, my wingman, and of course, yes, Sam Mock, yes, who is a spoke- spokesman for the young people. <laughs> Voice of the young, young people. people. <laughs> well, at least you're paid I like that. to yeah. do that. Yeah. So that's good. Really well. well that's too. nice. Yeah. I, I can. It's a church salary. Right. I can only imagine how... <laughs> You've got that, that 1976 Buick you're driving. It's styling. It is looking nice. It's nice. We call that vintage. And, you know. I was celebrating the conclave with the smoke. It was, coming, <laughs> it was black or Yours white. Is always, <laughs> Yours is always black smoke out of your car. But. So the conclave, now that was so cool. It's a, it's a neat thing cool. to experience. And, and, again, it's something that's very old in the church and the concept and how this works. And we see, again, the ancient tradition, the part of the church that's ancient. I have an example of how we're how we're doing that in campus ministry. It All just right. came to me. Um, we we decided to go from for our Catholic student organization. Um, we we encourage them to consider instead of having an election, a traditional I nominate thus and such for president, right? That we would go through a discernment process 
um, very similar to what they just did in the conclave. Um, we gave them some reflective material ahead of time. And Are then, you saying you actually asked the Holy Spirit to be part of the selection process? That's amazing. Actually, yeah. That's yeah, cool. We, yeah, cool. We did. Yeah. Um, I mean, we actually did it, um, had the opportunity to do that in pray and adoration. So we exposed the Blessed Sacrament, had a period of time for them to pray and reflect, and then they would vote for whoever they thought would be the best in that position. It was silent. It was anonymous. And um, counted up the votes and did two rounds and did two-thirds majority vote, just like they just like they did up in, uh, wow. up in the Vatican. Now, see, that's a good thing. Yeah. That's an, that's an awesome that thing. That is cool. Uh, and, and, you know, we should do that for the President of the United States. Do you think, <laughs> do you think that'll ever happen? I pray that it will right. one day. Yeah. But uh, yeah. but that's such a beautiful concept and idea. And you know what? Actually, at just the fact that they start the conclave with a, a, a mass of the Holy Spirit, where they just they ask the Holy Spirit to be there, and it just sort of, you know, to a certain degree, it takes the weight off of the human element and says, well, you know, we're going to do the best we can, but we know that we're being guided by the Holy Spirit here. Yeah. And if you're conflicted between your, ba- I mean, it's just, just with those kids. I mean, those, a lot of those cardinals knew each other. Right. A lot of them were from the same country. Um, but, and so you're going to feel that tug to vote for someone who is your best friend. Or even vote though, against somebody right, who might who not might be have harmed them. Excellent point. And then, but the, if you put it in the Holy Spirit's hands, you're free to let your conscience be your guide instead. Yeah. Instead of the political pressures or the social pressures that you have, um, and I thought it was a beautiful way. It, w- it was really great because we were we started talking about this before Benedict XVI announced that that he was going to step down. Hmm. So we were like, "Oh, see, guys, I mean, discernment happens at the papal level, and it happens at the personal level too. There's no difference between. Right. I mean, he's probably a lot better at it than they are. <laughs> well, not necessarily. I mean, yeah. an example for all to follow. You know, and I think that's important for us to understand that. But so you're starting to talk about what you what you what you guys do. Mm-hmm. I mean, where are your focal points? What are the things that you have to realize when you're when you're working with some, uh, sometimes people who feel maybe irrelevant or feel disenfranchised or feel like their voice doesn't matter or maybe feels that only their voice matters. Mm-hmm. Right? They see themselves on that little island. Like you can't tell me anything. I'm I'm old enough now to vote or I'm old enough to to drink or I'm old enough to do whatever. Mm-hmm. And and you start to you have to try to bridge those gaps and 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 make those young people be part of the community. What what are the things that you do to do that? Right. I, I, well, one of the things that we really try to focus on is is raising the awareness of people who are not in their in their twenties and thirties and early. I mean, late teens. Um, that there are people in the pews. I think the perception is that there aren't. And you look around, and there are a lot of blue hairs in the pews today, and rightly so. But also, there are young people who actually are engaged. So reaching out and responding to those who are there, being intentional about being vigilant for them, um, reaching out and inviting them to become a part of your parish, is, I think is important. Now, they may feel uncomfortable because n- nobody in the Catholic Church today usually walks up to someone after mass and goes, you know, I noticed you're young. We yeah. like having you around. <laughs> like, don't do it in a creepy way, um, but just be authentic. And say, I remember Welcome. going to a daily mass one time and, and looking out and thinking to myself, why is everyone here at this daily mass old? And I looked around, I saw nothing but gray hair. And what was so humbling about that is I'd gone up to communion and I came back, I walked, 
you walk in front of the cry room in many churches, and it's a big glass wall. And I looked at myself, and I realized I had gray hair. You know, so, so I felt like, You're wait a second, guy. I yeah. was that guy. And, yeah. of course, we know that the church uh, likes blue-haired people, too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, right. But at the same time, we, we like our other multicolored hair people. <laughs> we, we want all the young people. We want everybody. Right. This is The church yeah. is not meant to be just for the old. Mm-hmm. While yeah. a lot of young people might think that. Yeah. But I think what you're trying to do is instill in them this, this uh, understanding that the church is ever ancient, ever new, and it's relevant to everyone at all time for all people, all cultures, all ages, right? That's that's exactly what I was trying to say. And, Maybe, brilliantly, and you said it brilliantly. <laughs> you said it brilliantly, so I'm glad, I'm glad you're here. You took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> I put them in there, actually. But, <laughs> along with that donut you're eating, which is actually a very right. nice-looking donut. It is still yeah, I need to save room for my cherry pie later. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly right. Well, we're happy to serve you the cherry pie, but before we do that, um, what are some of the things, the venues, uh, you know, we, 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 when you're talking about young people, getting them involved, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you talk about campus ministry, but right. there's also those folks that are maybe a little beyond campus, mm-hmm. right, who are sort of the young adults who've just kind of graduated, kind of finding their way in the real world, as it right. were. How do you approach that whole situation, and how do you get them to show up to things, and what kind of things do, you know, people are one of those questions. How do I make, again, the church relevant, mm-hmm. or make them want to go to these events? Yeah, well, one of the great things that um, the church teaches is that we're all connected, we're all parts of the body of Christ, and we need to find those, what we try to do is find those natural connections that exist socially. So if that's through social media, we try to promote some of the things that we do through social media. But a lot of it is um, establishing friendships with people who are like you and encouraging them to reach out to those who may not be necessarily exactly like your group. So the organic be, approach. Right. You know? the or, yeah. Let it, let it grow. Um, also, like we do, I'm, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are aware of Theology on Tap. That's something that we do here um, in, in Memphis where, where I work. And, and uh, what we see is a casual atmosphere, but with good sound teaching is an excellent way to engage young people. That's right. Um, it's a great social event. And, and what we've really tried to do is just up our actually our web presence over the last year and in doing so we've we've increased our numbers just by letting people know that there's this cool stuff out there i think there's the impression by a lot of young people is they're not doing anything relevant to me oh and of course also tied to that you're not only letting them know that venues are important but you're also talking about a timeless truth right you're you're talking about things that that are relevant to them and to their eternal salvation yeah yeah, I mean, yeah. When we talk about, I mean, you've spoken at, at, at one of these. Um, we, we've had people come in and talk about uh, the mass and why it's important, different ways to pray, um, evangelization, uh, things that are current, that are relevant to young people. But the the teaching is very eternal. In, um, so there's that mix of that old and the new there. And we've done some shows here about the new evangelization. We've had some great guests. We've had Cardinal Whirl. We've had Curtis Martin. We've had some of these folks on here talking about the new evangelization. And, 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 and it's, that's very appropriate and very apropos for our discussion today. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there are a lot of people out there that are, that are fearful, mm-hmm. either in this sort of great unknowing, the cloud of unknowing, right? We get some of our mystics involved here. But so there's this cloud of unknowing, uh, the Internet, you know, they hear <laughs> iCloud or whatever, and it's like, I don't, yeah. I don't like anything on the computer. I don't like the emails. I don't like the tweets. I don't like any of this kind of stuff. But at the same time, you know, there are, there are bad things on the Internet. Yes. But the Internet itself, right, is not bad. If, if, if we're not out there, if we're not on it, then it's bound to get worse. Like, if, if you have billions of people 
who have a voice in there and you're not participating in the conversation for good and in a positive way, then you're limiting yourself. You're silencing yourself. Young people are using this this form of communication and expression to change the world. The you number at, of time my kids have come to me and said, Hey dad, look at this. And they'll yeah. show me a YouTube video. Yeah. And this is and how they're not everything is a, a, a cat passing gas. Yeah. You know, sometimes, I mean, this, this, I mean, for the fact that this hits, radio, by the way, right. 4 million views. Way to go. <laughs> I mean, the, the, I, I'll, I'll relate this show to my experience and new media. There, this is podcasted throughout the world. Um, before I moved to Memphis to take this job, I was, I was working at a university in, in a rural part of the state. Um, and there were not a lot of young people my age who were Catholic who were interested in learning about the faith. And um, I was in mass one day, and they announced, hey, they got these a couple of these guys who are doing this radio show. You need to listen to it, but you can also download it in podcast. We paid them to do weeks. that, by the way. It, was, it cost me 25 bucks, but I think it was worth it. Very organic marketing. <laughs> and what I did was finally something, and then I listened to it, and you guys sounded like you knew what you were talking about. Wow. After getting to know you, I'm not so sure. Yeah. No, they, they know what they're talking about. That um, part's going to get cut out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, it really was an inspiration to me um, uh, to continue to delve into my faith. Um, and, and it was a source of um, new information for me that had never been available before. And, and was, again, yeah. this is where the youth are. This yes. is The youth are experiencing, yeah. they're not buying the books. Yeah. Right? They're, they're not going to the Bible studies and the classes, tech, right? Well, they are. They are, but they're buying the books on their Kindles. Well, that's, I, I'm yeah. just saying that's not where they first engage. Yeah, that, that, I mean, their, their their default is let's get on the internet, let's search, let's talk, let's hang out that mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. and so we need to be ready to to share this message in so many different ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a good thing. And so, and the other thing is, we want to be aware that, of course, you know, the youth are the future of the church. I'd say that they're now the church. I I think there's there's something to be said about that. And, I'll and argue with you. On no, that that's not. That's a that's a valid <laughs> argument. I would love for. Uh, you know, every young person now to feel like they need to go and just show up and, and storm mass and have uh, uh, what do they have it where you where you where you, you, you tweet or whatever and everybody shows up all <laughs> the like, flash mob yeah, a fl- yeah. flash I mean, mob yeah, church a flash mass <laughs> tell all your friends hey we're really going to freak That's father out this weekend That's a good idea yeah it. Sam thanks so much for sharing your uh, your expertise about the young folks and it's a uh, in that perspective and I'm glad. And you know what? With this uh, election of this new pope, I think we need to we need to pray for him and pray for the church. And let's uh, let's close our program out by doing that. In the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the gift of the church, which serves as a bastion of hope and the pillar and bulwark of truth in a world so desperate for you. Please, we pray, strengthen our Holy Father, Pope Francis, and be with him as he leads all of us, young and old, on the path to holiness. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. For more information, visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You'll find many links to Catholic resources on the web. You can also listen to previous shows online, download MP3s, or take advantage of our podcast feature. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com.
The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.